Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations, because great radio is still fresh the second time around. This is a stinking grown man. It doesn't have to be traditional. Let's go! Hey, Frank! I've admired him for so long, and uh, to be honest with you guys, uh, Frank has helped me be the man off the field that I wasn't back in the day. Um, back in the day, I, I did my thing, I had my fun, and uh, now that uh, I, I see how Frank... When I watched him near the end of my career, I saw how big of a Christian he was, and and it took me a while. Uh, I need probably somebody up to smack me upside my head like my wife, uh, <laughs> my wife did. Thank God she, and that's just a, a, a figure of speech. Uh, we um, we I am the man I am today, in a large in part because of Frank Reich. That was an awesome, awesome comment on Frank Reich from his former teammate, Jim Kelly, back in those Buffalo Bills days. Coach Reich is with us now. Coach, how does that sound? Has he told you? Have you had that conversation personally? I mean, yeah, we're super close. We've stayed in touch. And and, uh, listen, I always tell him, this is a two-way street. I would not be where I am today without Jim Kelly. I mean, that guy has influenced me so much in so many ways. Uh, The toughest competitor, football player I've ever been around. Great, loyal person. I mean, this is a guy you want. If you're in a foxhole somewhere, wherever it is, you want Jim Kelly on your team in the corner with you. So love Jim and think the world of him. That's an amazing compliment, man, that he paid you there. Um, I was was starting to ask you this off the air, but I think it's better that we all hear the response because I know the response is yes. You started to answer it. We got the Jets coming in. It's a joint practice. Y'all have been practicing against each other for 10 days or whatever it is. It seems like you're a little cranked up. This one, like even the coaching staff, you guys get a little more pumped for this, right? There's, there's no doubt. I mean, this is, this is our first action against another team. You know, it's it's a great opportunity to stress test everything we've been doing, right? Players one-on-one, schemes, coaching, the whole bit. Um, let, let's see what we can put on tape today. Coach, every day a media member will take video of guys entering the field here at Spartanburg, and we've watched you come down the hill, and then you've interacted with, with fans, and the joy radiates off of you. How special has it been to not only come back to a team you once played for, but also an area where you live for so long as well. No, it's crazy. I mean, walking down there, as you said, and, and some mornings when I can get out, when I can get out a little bit earlier, try to walk through and sign some autographs. And usually when I'm doing that, Dom Capers is right in front of me. And yeah. I'm like, Amazing. this is insane. Yeah, like, I keep yeah. saying to myself, this is insane. And it's been really fun to hear a couple comments from some of the fans. Like, um, I had a guy say to me the other day, he had a football, and Dom and Coach Capers had signed it at one spot. And he goes, hey, uh, can you sign 
sign right here. And then, you know, so he had Coach Capers and then he had my signature. Like, this is it. This is like the ball I wanted, you know, and like that that kind of warms yeah, my heart. That is so cool. And then we saw you guys on the – they had it on the Blueprint show on Panthers.com. You and Dom discussing the amazing, I don't know, coincidence. I don't even know what you, how you describe it. Fate that – when you guys that year, your first game was in Atlanta, first game of franchise history, and this year we start in Atlanta, you two again. It's just it's I crazy. I, I keep telling him and myself, don't forget when we're in Atlanta and we walk out of that tunnel, I want to be walking next to you. I hope, you know, in all the hoopla and, you yeah. know, excitement of the first game, I, I want to, you know, just I just want to walk out there with him that first time. That would be fun. So let, I want to talk to you about, about the offense and your involvement in the offense. You will at least – Start the season, right, calling plays. I know at some point kind of the plan is Thomas Brown can take that over. You've done that before. This isn't new to you. It, how much extra strain is that? I mean, you guys have a hell of a coaching staff to where, I mean, you, I'm sure guys could pick up slack elsewhere. Averro can handle the defense. But how much extra strain is that on game day? Is it hard, or do we kind of blow that up too much, do you think? Yeah, no, I love that. I love that strain yeah. and stress. I mean, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's you know, you're glutton for punishment, and everyone's going to criticize you when it doesn't work, and they're going to, oh, that was a terrible call, and it's gut-wrenching when, when you call something and it doesn't work. But I, I love that part of it. Um, listen, anybody will tell you, you're around this team for the the first couple weeks of the preseason. Thomas Brown is the leader, leader of the offense. You know, he's doing a great job putting this thing together and making his presence and his leadership, uh, you know, known. But it's a real collaborative effort, right? The whole offensive staff, we're, we're working together on getting this offense where we want it. You know, play calling is more collaborative than you think. Yes, I'm going to call. I'm going to pull the trigger and call the plays. But as we put together the game plan and we talk it through, it, it's really collaborative work. We knew in the draft process how wowed you were by Bryce Young and things he picked up on in college that we wouldn't notice, but you noticed. And in minicamp, you were wowed about how advanced he was at the minicamp level. How's Bryce's progression been so far, even since the draft and minicamp time? Yeah, I mean... It's what it should be. Like, you're the number one pick of the draft. There better be some wow moments. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. And, and there have been more than his share of wow moments. He made a couple throws yesterday um, or the day before that were kind of some really wow throws. Um, but that's the one side of the coin. We, we talk about this a lot in our team meetings, the healthy tension. That's the one side of the coin. Then the other side of the coin is there's some evidence that he's a rookie. You know what I mean? And it's a process. Yeah. And, uh, you know, what I love about Bryce is he's embraced that. You know, it's not going to be perfect. It, it, you know, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be moments where you get proverbial, the proverbial punched in the mouth kind of thing. That's going to happen to him at a level here more than it's ever happened in college. We're talking with Frank Reich, head coach of your Carolina Panthers. He has joined us for the first time on Homer Hill. Our perch here atop the practice fields. 10-20 today. Trade, trademark that. 10-20 <laughs> today. Jets and Panthers practice together. We cannot wait to witness it. Coach, um, the defense had a heck of a weekend, for, you know, as I understand it. Absolutely. You and, you and you had no problem saying that, raving about them. Yeah. Heck, they want they asked for another red zone set, and then they <laughs> finished it off in three more plays. Talk more trash. <laughs> that's right. As a guy that's kind of a big part of the offense and calling plays, 
What can you say about the other that side of the ball? They're going to. It's. I believe they're going to be a total headache for some folks. What What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I super excited about uh, where where we're at on defense. Our defensive personnel, our defensive scheme. You know, the leaders on that defense, the players are uh, feel really great about those guys, Bernsey and Shaq, and you know, uh, Von Bell and J.C. Horn, and you know, the whole crew. Uh, and now we add Justin Houston. You know, so another great leader, and then Ajero. Evero as the DC, like he's just a strong presence in the scheme is great. So, um, but it, listen, it'll be the same thing. This is the NFL. We're going to have our moments, good and bad. We just got to we got to continue to fight through those, get better, and really, it's the collective team effort that we're most concerned about. One guy on the defense, Frankie Luvu. How how fun is this guy to coach out? There? I mean, this guy. I mean, I can't even like I keep pinching myself. Yeah. Like, this is like the guy you want. He just you know? kind of appeared, coach, out of nowhere. Right? This guy's pretty good around here. I mean, he's amazing, and then he's just got this energy and this spirit about him that's just contagious, and the whole team we all feel it. So, uh, super happy to have Frankie as one of the leaders on our team. We love the, the uh, Justin Houston uh, edition. Some people on the radio might have really been freaking out, Coach, about that edge rusher spot, and we might have been nervous. I, of course, couldn't have been me. Um, coach, I told, him to, I told him to relax, man. It's all good. They got this. Yeah, he said we had a big guys. fight over That's this. That's my bad. Yeah. But, Coach, if I had known you called Houston a couple of months earlier, I would have been chill, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but this has been in the works for a while because of the bond you guys have, it, right? It, it, that's true. Right? And uh, that's true. Um, we, I did call him. You know, Scott had. You know, Scott and I had a conversation. Scott, you know, had an interest. Obviously, I was all 100% on board, and uh, and I said, well, let me call him. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we're we're pretty close. And I, I remember that phone call. I mean, it was, you know, it was just like we kind of always been together. And I'm trying to sell him now, right? Like yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah. to sell him. And. And I'm like, come on, Justin, let's go. We got to make this thing go. You know, you. I know you got a couple good years left in you, and this is what this is the team. This is the scheme. This locker room. You, you know, we need you. We need you as the player. We need the leader that you are. And uh, and he kind of said something at the end of that call that I hung up the phone and I and I told Scott this in some way, shape, or form. And I ended up telling my wife this, like. I think he just told me, don't worry about it. I'm going to be there. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what I was yeah. hearing. You know, like, he's like, Coach, I said something like, hey, this got to work. We got to make this work, Justin. He's like, Coach, it's going to work. Don't worry. I'll be oh, there. Oh, man. He, did you hear yesterday? He might have already he might have told you. Yeah. Yesterday, he told the media. He got off the phone, too, and told his wife, we're going to Carolina. Just not now. Well, <laughs> I guess he wanted to miss about 10 days of camp. Yeah. Yeah. I, told, <laughs> I told my work partner the same thing the whole time. You told, He said that, exactly. they, that there might be something already in the works. I'm over here getting all huffy. Oh, Puffy my God. coach, and you guys had that going on. No. We're, we're glad. Now, here's the question I have about defensively. Yeah. How do you think it works? Because you brought up exactly what I thought his role would be, what it was in Baltimore's situational, rotational. Yeah. I mean, he really gets after the quarterback at a yeah. rapid rate, efficiency-wise, just not as many de- snaps and downs. But who do you see, like, on that defense? Who do you guys feel is playing? Like, you're in the 3-4 base. It's first down. You're playing against uh, the Falcons, right? Opening. Yeah. They want to run the ball. Who is that guy that's going to be there to set that edge? Who do you view that as? Yeah, well, right now, you know, Marquise has been hurt, you yeah. know, but he he's we're excited about him, right? He's got to get this injury. We've got to get past this injury. Yitor has looked good. Um, so, you know, we're still, we got to find out in the next couple of weeks, you yeah. know, it, it'll be a collective effort. Justin will play some on first and second down, okay. um, but it'll be, you know, we'll mix them mostly in, in the past situations. Um, but I'm excited about this young group, and I, I, I really, 
it's too early for me to just say this is the guy. Like, we got three preseason games. You know, these are all young players who look good in camp, and we're going to see how it all plays out over the next three weeks. Coach, are you going to put on the pads at any point like Sean Jefferson did the other day? I can promise you that will never happen. <laughs> We've talked a lot about Deuce's energy. Sean Jefferson's a little good kind of crazy, too, isn't he out there? Oh, he, he can match Deuce. He's yeah. the one guy on our staff that can match Deuce with energy. <laughs> that is uh, saying something. Yeah. That is saying something. As far as Bryce goes this year, because that's the one thing I hear some people nitpick is, oh, he's a rookie. How good can he be in that first year when there's plenty of rookies that have gone to the playoffs as first-year quarterbacks? What do you envision, Bryce? Like, I've used, I don't know, is this insulting? I've said kind of a game manager. You run the ball. You throw play action. Is it like... Is that the way you view it? Like down the road, he will be, it'll be more open of an offense? Or am I shortchanging him to say that? Well, you know, I'm always going to say it's a balance of everything. <clears throat> so, I, first of all, to your first comment, I don't think it's an insult to say game manager yeah, because yeah. at some level, I think every quarterback has to be a game yeah, manager, yeah, right? Sure. You, you're going to be good. Yeah. I mean, if you're going to be good, you have to do that. So, he better be a good game manager. That's what we're expecting from him. Yeah. And then, you know, but I do think he's, you know, I like I just think he's a playmaking machine. He's going to make plays. You know, he's going to make plays. So uh, I'm not going to predict how many or how often. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a team game. But he'll we'll all see why he was picked number one. That that'll be evident for everybody to see. Yeah. And uh, but it's going to be a process. You know, and I just want. I want the fans. I want to, you know, like, we all have high expectations. We all want the best. But, like, we got to be realistic about this, too. It's going to yeah. be an up-and-down deal. Well, I'm hoping to have a better day, too, at my camp today, Coach. I didn't have a good day yesterday. I got a little <laughs> – I thought I was getting carted out at one point. But, I, 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 you know, I waved off the cart. Now I've got my muffins. Yeah. I've got my uh, – my Pringles. We, we need some electrolytes. You know, yeah, you know true, we'll yeah. get you. We'll get you with our sports science. Yeah, yeah, we, can, yeah. we can get some electrolytes up here to kind of keep you yeah, hydrated. Yeah, I, I gotta be honest with you. I don't know where the Pringles came from, but I just felt that that was necessary today. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Is that helping? Yeah, they don't. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't see anything in here that is. Yeah, helping we don't that. have we don't have radio science coach like you guys have. So just, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for coming by for sure. Okay, thanks, thanks for having me. Guys. Appreciate you. Good luck. Wake up weekday mornings with Mac and Bone. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. The official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. Tez Walker, a guy that was voted first team all ACC. He is that highly regarded as a transfer wide receiver from uh, Kent State, and he is thought to be the guy that you know fills the Josh Downs void. We've been raving about him and Nate McCollum, the two transfer wide receivers, and he his waiver that he was attempting to get and, and everybody thought he was going to get for numerous reasons has been denied by the NCAA. So he, they're saying he cannot have immediate eligibility bone um, and he will have to sit out a year. There are multiple reasons why this feels like a freaking screw job from the NCAA and it would not be the first time that they have screwed over a student athlete. We have heard stories over the years of guys bone who have attempted to transfer to be closer to their family and have had it denied because it's like two miles over the limit or something away from, yeah, from their, their what family they, or something. It's amazing what they like, pick and choose to deny also, isn't it? So, some that get through, some that don't. It's it's. Well, yeah, we're still trying to figure out how JT Daniels is able to transfer a third time and be eligible right away um, uh, the, the, this season. The reasons – okay, so the NCAA is saying that 
they put in a new rule this offseason that your second time transferring, that you cannot transfer without penalty anymore. You got to go back to the old, you know, first transfer is free, second transfer, you got to sit out a year. North Carolina is arguing that he should be grandfathered into the old rule because he transferred before that rule was made right. in the offseason. Yes. So that's North Carolina. That's one of their arguments. Another one of the arguments is he has a grandmother here in Charlotte. Uh, you know, Tez Walker is a Charlotte kid. It's another thing that I hate hearing about. You know, makes me hate hearing about this. He is a West Charlotte kid, and his grandmother lives here locally. And part of the reason when he transferred is he wants to be close to his grandmother, she hasn't been in the best of health. She, he wants to be able to see her, wants her maybe to be able to see a couple of games. The NCAA, I guess, doesn't give a damn about that. When in the past, as you said, sometimes they've granted those waivers, sometimes they haven't for those sort of reasons. Then UNC goes to another reason why they think he should be eligible. They're arguing he's not, he shouldn't be considered a second-time transfer because he only played at Kent State. When he first uh, signed, it was for East Tennessee. Well, he had an injury that ended up resulting in him not playing with East Tennessee and then, you know, enrolling instead at North Carolina Central. Well, his first year of eligibility at North Carolina Central would have been 2020. The FCS season was canceled because of COVID. So then he transferred to Kent State, and now he's transferring here. So, like, they're arguing this is his first real transfer. He never played at any other places. Right. So, Bone, they have so many arguments. Not one of those made any sense to the NCAA. It feels unfair as hell. Man. Of all the guys that are allowed to transfer just because, one that has legitimate merit, legitimate reason, it gets held up to where he's got he's got now now he, Walker has to sit a year when guys like JT Daniels that you mentioned other guys it seems like quarterbacks Mac feel like they can move wherever they want to. At this point, it doesn't matter anymore. Like quarterbacks are like free agents where they just go pick their spot. It's it's it's. It's frustrating, too, just from a college sports fan that we just watched a March Madness, Mac. I know they changed the rule, but how many players in the NCAA tournament had multiple schools on their resume? Didn't it feel like, Mac, that there was about 65% of the players now at this point in that tournament probably had multiple stops? The teams at the end certainly did. UConn had a couple. San Diego State had a couple. We just had a March Madness run by the NCAA, the tournament, where so many dudes that were big factors were on their second, third. The College of Charleston kid was on his fourth team, whatever whatever he was on. It, there, and, and it's the timing of it. You have the whole offseason. You let the teams go through their media days. The media votes on all conference. You're getting ready for the season. Fans are buying tickets. There's hype. There's hope. It's, it's go time. And now you made that decision? Why was this not made a while ago? I, I don't understand. Yeah, the they timing's always, terrible. They always do that, where it's like, why, why now? Do he's you, out there. He was out there. You know, he he's he's prepared for the season. He's yes. out there in the spring. I saw him in the spring game. He looked amazing. Yeah, the timing. NCAA. Not only bone. Do they have rulings that make you feel like? They're just so unfriendly to the student-athlete at times, right? Over-the-top unfriendly. Almost like this is one thing that we still are in charge of. We aren't in charge of another damn thing other than this. But we're going to put our foot down and be the tough guy. And it's just ridiculous. This is the same organization, Bone, that said, no, we'll pass on NIL. Let the states handle it. Because they were scared they'd end up in court. And maybe this will end up in court. But the problem is, by the time this – like, they've appealed it to the NCAA. So we'll see how that appeal goes. But, like, if, if they would have to take it to court, it'd be probably next season by the time it would you know, be over. So he'd already missed this season. There's another reason, too. I didn't even give the, another reason why. 
um, the folks at UNC are saying, could you not cut him a break and give him a waiver? His head coach, his OC, and his wide receiver coach, Kent State, left. Did they sit so, so, did they so, sit a year? So so you don't yeah and I, yeah and they were coaching right away I guarantee that so that that so any of these reasons seem like they would be good reasons to give the kid a waiver. There's a kid at Florida State too, Bone. They got shot down yesterday as well. So UNC is not the only ACC school dealing with this. And you're right. The fact that the NCAA does this while coaches are able to chase millions after they promise to kids and their parents, "I'll be there for you for all your college years," and they bolt for the next dollar. And the fact that we're sitting here watching schools hit the transfer portal. So that they can get filthy, stinking rich, or richer, I should say. And these kids have no rights. And then I look at the text line, someone's like, it stinks for the kid, but anything to limit transfer portals. How about you start bitching, sir, about the school transfer portal? How about you start bitching about people running for money and leaving conferences behind and screwing so many people over and ruining the game? Like, how about you bitch about coaches yes. not, you know, leaving? Like, why, does, why do players transferring bother fans? It, well, there's way more things I think you should get pissed there's off. There's actual you know? schools in the portal. The bands, the cheerleaders, <laughs> all the athletic programs. That's uh, how full the portal is, Mac. There's actual entire universities in the portal. But yet one player can't get in there because of circumstances. It's frustrating, man. It really is. Uh, it is. There's another heaping helping of instant replay coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier this week on the Wesson Walker Show. I want to ask you this, though, Wes. Mm -hmm. Who do you think stands the most to gain from joint practices on each side of the ball? Let's start with offense. If there's an offensive lineman, Chandler Zavala, maybe um, Brady Christensen to solidify his starting uh, spot like he had last year. Anybody on offense that you think has the most to gain? Uh, I'm going to start things off with Adam Thielen. Uh, I'm going to go with him as the de facto number one Panthers receiver, and he's going to draw the matchup. I'm showing some one-on-ones against one sauce Gardner. Uh, the Jets have a lot of defensive playmakers, but Thielen's going to get his chances going up against the best young corner and arguably the best corner in all of football. And so I think 
that he can really show that he's going to be the guy for this Carolina offense uh, when it's all said and done. He was the first receiver to be signed. I feel like he was somewhat of a priority for them to go out and get because they went out and got him immediately. And so I think that offensively, uh, it could be his opportunity to really solidify himself as the number one guy. And then when you go and and flip over to the defensive side of the ball, uh, I'm going to go, you know, J.C. Horn. It's going to be interesting just to see him go up against Garrett Wilson yeah, in those Garrett one-on-ones as long as he doesn't do 600 moves because you know the receivers get into these one-on-ones and they want to do 18 <laughs> moves. That's definitely That's right. unrealistic but I think just seeing him going up against a quality young receiver like that can also further his reputation and those reps against Aaron Rodgers. How does Aaron Rodgers fare uh, when he targets J.C. Horn since you guys love to bring up you know the targets and the catches and all that stuff. Yeah, we no, like to, to bring up straight right. facts. We sure do. You're right about that. Uh, I don't. This is a glass half empty, half full conversation. Mm-hmm. Stand the most to gain or stand the most to lose, right? It can be very, you know, it can be a thin line in how you measure some of this stuff. I do look at it as right there on the line when you talk about some of these edge rushers, not named Justin Houston or Brian Burns, because that's what I'm looking at, Wes. I mean, DJ Johnson is somebody that I do think has an opportunity and YGM. So if we go defense, I know we're supposed to go offense. Just defense is what stood out to me first and foremost. YGM and uh, DJ Johnson are the guys. Because if you're going up against offensive linemen, are you going to be going up against their twos? Okay. So if you're going up against their backups, their second stringers this early into the process, and you're not winning or even looking above average in those one-on-one reps and some of those pass rush drills, it's not a great sign. It's not. And so those are the two guys defensively that I'm looking first and foremost. Uh, Offensively, Tommy Tremble's a name that speaks to me. If Tommy Trimble isn't heavily involved, again, against backups, right? Hayden Hurst is going to be the starting tight end. That's why you brought him in. He's a solid guy. You can trust him. Hayden Hurst is going to be the starter. But you know my take on tight ends. There are a lot of guys that don't produce until surprisingly late into their career, until they get to their second contract, because tight end is a really hard position to learn, and it's a really hard position to come in right away and contribute. So when somebody like Tommy Trimble, who has all of this talent, doesn't contribute right away, I'm probably going to be more patient with that position than wide receivers, who we can come in and see, you know, be productive right away. Like we see a lot of impressive rookie wide receivers, especially in the first round. And we've had that conversation before. So if you're a tight end and it doesn't hit for you your first or second year, but it does maybe your fourth That's actually not all that crazy. So can Tommy Tremble be someone that you feel comfortable with after Hayden Hurst's career is done or after he moves on to a different team? I'd like to see him have a good joint practice. Yeah, I think that would be important for him uh, as well because after him, Giovanni Ritchie and the tight ends is also a position that's featured prominently in Frank Reich's offense. So Hayden Hurst, I feel like you do know what you're going to get from him, but you want to be able to feel good if Hurst is not available. It's the NFL. Guys are probably going to miss at least a game or two more than likely. So you'd like to see your backup tight end being capable or if you even wanted to uh, get a little crazy and get some two tight end sets out there going, knowing that you have another threat on the field and he's not uh, out there just to block. So if we're talking about battles, I think maybe second string tight end is the one to look at. That's going to be interesting that could be because good, yes. n- not only are you looking at this from a, who's going to back up Hayden Hurst standpoint, who's going to be the second guy in two tight end sets. 
but it's going to be who can be the guy that lasts towards the future because they gave Ian Thomas a contract. It was like the first one they handed out last offseason. It was Ben McAdoo who came in and said how great of a football player he was, right? Does that ring a bell, Fiddy? I think you've made that joke. Ben McAdoo talks about Ian Thomas being this phenomenal football player, one of the best guys he's been around. I need to look at that quote. In fact, we have a research team member. Yes, Drum, if you don't mind, looking up Ben McAdoo and Ian Thomas to see what kind of comment he had. He said he blocked out the sun. That's what he said. Okay, so we'll get – thank you. I, I thought you talked about something like that. Either way, Tommy Tremble was celebrated for his blocking ability coming out of Notre Dame. Also celebrated for his combine, real athletic, raw, but could be a good tight end down the line. Does Tommy Tremble pass Ian Thomas this year? Because Ian is basically holding on by a thread because of his blocking ability. If Tommy Tremble puts it all together and he actually puts together a nice receiving offseason, then I think maybe that's the guy you're looking at towards the future when Hayden Hurst is no longer here. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, you just want to see what you're going to get out of these guys. It is going to be uh, a great battle at one of the most important positions in this offense. And I think a position that people, they talk about it a little bit, but uh, more so I think because you don't have the tight end that's like necessarily, I mean, even Kelsey is a, is a bit of a reach for an example because he's a one-of-one one in my opinion. But just a guy that's really flashy, that makes a ton of plays, then people just automatically kind of just dismiss this group of guys. But there is some talent there and some guys that are going to be vital to the success of this offense. All right, Fiddy, you got something? Or are you going to steal a steel drums thunder after I put him on the project? <laughs> no, I was uh, motioning you to check your phone. I sent you something. Oh, gotcha. Okay, super secret. Ooh. Yeah, you know, whenever you point, you know, I was pointing at the phone. I couldn't see. Oh, you didn't see the phone? No, okay. because there's a big computer. Thank you. Yes, be very aware. Drum, do you have any information on this? By the way, thumbs up. All right, we got something. We'll go to it during the break and look at all that hard research that Drum has been doing during this segment. Um, Tommy Tremble is someone that's going to be involved as we look at training camp, right? Mm -hmm. But also, I feel like he's a name that could potentially the next couple of years. Well, there's somebody's phone going off. Second time this week. (laughs) What you got going on, man? Nothing. I normally have my phone cut off. That is a loud ringtone, too. That is, hey, pay attention to me now, damn it. (laughs) Your phone is angry at you for not paying attention. I feel like Tommy Tremble is a name that could potentially be someone we're tired of hearing of. Hey, he's going to break out. Almost the Josh Norman before he actually broke out. We yeah. probably got a little too tired of hearing him. What about Terrace Marshall, Wes? Because he's going to be next in line as a guy that we're tired of hearing about breakout and training camp, but ne- then never be consistent in the regular season. Are you already? tired of hearing Terrace Marshall Jr.'s name. Yes. I mean, we hear about this every <laughs> single doggone day. We get some type of catch, and it's Terrace Marshall this and Terrence Marshall that and all that. And so this is a guy, like I said, yes, we're going to give him the grace to be able to come in this season and make good on all this, especially because he has a quarterback that could definitely help elevate his game. But Jesus, man, like you said, last year, and the reason why I bring this up is because last year you were saying – And people were saying the same things about him. And we saw a little bit. We got a little taste. But for a guy that gets talked about as much as he does during camp, I want to start seeing results. I want to start seeing him put up the numbers and the highlights on the field to warrant this because otherwise it's just a tease. So I think Terrace Marshall is in this weird space to where if you don't hear about him, you're going to criticize him. If you do hear about him, we're going to say do it in the regular season. We don't care. I am actually happy that we're hearing a lot about Terrace because we weren't at the beginning of training camp. He was quiet. 
It was Adam Thielen, it was DJ Chark, and it was LaVisca Chenault a lot more than I expected. And I expected to hear some, but they kept talking about LaVisca. Now Terrace Marshall and Jonathan Mingo have taken that alongside some of those other wide receivers that we've mentioned. And it's not completely unwarranted. Usually when we talk about a guy and everyone gets tired of hearing his name, it's because they haven't done anything in the regular season. We have a taste for a still relatively young guy. His second year in the league albeit not a very good passing season for Carolina. He was second on the team in receiving. And once they got competent quarterback play, Terrace Marshall started to show out a little bit more. So it's not completely unfounded stuff here. We have something in the second half specifically of last year, and you're hoping that he can carry that with Frank Reich, with your franchise hopeful quarterback. I think that's why there is some substance. But there was a long time where we just weren't getting anything. Josh Norman is the guy that comes to mind. And then we saw him just have an otherworldly season where he's first team all pro is a monster part of that team getting to the Super Bowl. But he was someone that was a constant training camp MVP. Stephen Hill, <laughs> you know, Calvin Johnson 2.0 coming out of Georgia Tech. Didn't work with the Jets, but it'll work here. Closer yeah. to home in Carolina, <laughs> showing out crazy. Well, home cooking, get to right. sleep in his own bed. That'll make him a ball. Stephen Hill is a name that comes to mind. Um, maybe even another cornerback. How about a Melvin White mention? You know, Melvin White was someone, right? I don't think TMJ is in that space yet. Now, if he doesn't do anything this year and then we bring him back, and then we're still talking about it. That's when I think it's full blown. Okay, enough. I need to see it in the Because a lot season. of the highlights from Fan Day was him. I mean, yeah. and so it was a lot of these catches that he's making in the one-on-one settings and the drills and things of that nature. And I guess it's better than the alternative, like you said, of him getting out there and not doing anything at all. But it's just like at this point, especially with what you expected. And as I said, his LSU uh, brethren also are applying that pressure because so many of them are so good that you want to see him step into that lane as well. All right. Aaron from Mallard Creek just created a game and it's one of my favorite games to play. So here we are. I've got the Beyonce question out there. I still want to get your Beyonce text, but I also want to know who you still believe in. Who is the Panther <laughs> that you still believe in because of their training camps? They middle even. Yeah. Yes. This is what I want. Yes. This is what I want. Aaron from Mallard Creek wrote in David Geddes and I still believe in David Geddes. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing we I can be 75 years old and I'm still going to tell my great grandchildren, my grandchildren, David Geddes, you know, watch out. This is going to be the year. I'll just never give up on him. That was the guy out of him and Brandon LaFell. David Geddes was my favorite, and it just never worked out. Yeah, I think Rajon Wright is going to be that guy for me. Yeah, just never <laughs> never going to be able to give up on him. You got some time with Rajon Wright. You got another name, Fitty? I was just going to say, going off of Geddes, this is how you know that the video game isn't very realistic. I set receiving records with David Geddes on Madden no, because I, I, fe- I, I fell it. so in love with him because he came out of Baylor, right? Yep. Yeah. And, and the LaFell was the LSU product, but uh, – yeah, dude, he he was awesome. Tay Biddle, I I think young Josh cried when he didn't make the roster. Well, he got hurt, I believe. We'll, we'll do some research with Drum helping us out on whatever happened to David Geddes. See, I, I love this. Hey, we can shadow any day. We'll yeah. just put you to work all the time. M-Dog wrote in Marvin McNutt. Now, it's a great name. The problem with Marvin McNutt is that it's not like he had a great camp. It's just that that's when um, Dave Gettleman gave us zero wide receivers to work with. Remember the offseason where there was a there was a certain amount of time where Marvin McNutt was our number one wide receiver because we didn't have anybody. They were moving on from every single player. And so McNutt, that's when somebody that's Eric when, Shelton. 
Well, that's that's just an all time like that one's <laughs> tough. Now we're talking about bust. Aaron from Mallard Creek asked if Jeff Ota counts. I think he counts because he was a first round pick that looked good, but injuries really hurt him. Uh, Chubb in a tub. I still believe in C.J. Henderson. Yeah, I, that one's not working out. Panther Cliff, Cameron Artis Payne. The problem with Cameron Artis Payne is that he was 30 years old as soon as he got drafted out of Auburn. I mean, he was so old. Yeah. And so that's one I can never get on board with. There's another heaping helping of instant replay coming up next on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. Scott Fitterer, GM of your Carolina Bears. Nice enough to hang out with us for a few minutes. What's up, Scott? How you doing? Hey, this is a great day for us. I love the energy out here already, so this will be fun. I have never been. We've never been in all the years. I mean, we're talking, you know, closing in on two decades. Matt's been here for 41 years. (laughs) Doing doing camp. Yeah, they were leather helmets the first game. J.J. Jansen was his rookie year. That's how long I've come to camp. That's a long time. (laughs) But I've never been on a day like this with the joint practice. The energy is awesome. For you as an evaluator of the roster like how much is it easier to evaluate when it's two teams head to head do you yeah. take that it is it's a yeah. difference right no it is because we're seeing a different scheme you know different fronts different styles of players up front you know you get used to playing the guy next to you and you know their tendencies yeah. Yeah. this is different now this is more game like action and uh you know the, the jets have a great defense especially defensive front so i'm, I'm really excited to watch one-on-ones today uh watch our offensive linemen against them watch team drills how do we move the ball how are we running the ball and some in basically a game like environment i mean there's good energy out here and the it, players are going to love it too it, yeah they're going to feed off if we're getting amped up right. imagine what they're going to yeah. feel after 10 days of just each other out here you yeah. know yeah. we know it's all not all about but so much of what you do is about relationship building and whether it be through agents or players to coaches and Frank Wright builds the staff here through a lot of relationships. Then he, Justin Houston, a Frank Wright guy, he makes the call. He gets Justin Houston. How excited are you for him to be part of this defense? I think Justin was huge. We needed someone opposite Brian. Um, We like, you know, Yitor's coming on, Amari. All those guys were flashing out here and, and making plays. But to have someone that's been so consistent with sack production and pressure off the edge, uh, to get a player of his quality 
play, you know, in the camp, it, it was pretty. It was a great move for us. And then what he can do for our young guys too. I mean, he can help. He can help Brian, but he's got hey little things, hand use, little techniques that he used with maybe our coaches, you know, who aren't players. Maybe you know there's there's a knowledge that players sometimes have, yeah. and they can pass on those tricks of the trade. So he can help us, you know. Uh, off the field, on the field, he's just a great addition for us right they now. Call, they've called him Yoda in his career for the <laughs> the, the you know, message and knowledge he instills yeah. to I others. Don't, I don't watch much Star Wars, but I think that's a good thing, right? Yoda. That's I a, think yeah, that's a good yeah, thing. Okay. I, uh, Belichick's been called Yoda. So uh, I think that yeah, means you're yeah. smart. Yeah, yeah, I think good. that means you're smart. Okay. We don't get called that. No, Scott. No. I must be honest with you. Okay. Um, oh, I, I love it. I, unlike Bone over there, I might have got a little impatient. Okay. On the edge rusher search, this bump right I might there. have screamed on the radio a little bit. I might have felt like this position was being neglected. Right. And it turns out that y'all had already been talking to Justin Houston. That's, yeah. that's my bad for not believing. Yeah. He said trust in Federer. Right? You know, you know, it's funny because these deals that <laughs> they don't come together in like 24 hours. Maybe the yeah. final part does. There's a lot of conversations along the way, and it takes time. And, you know, players, a guy like Justin, he doesn't need to be in camp on the first week. You know, sometimes and he's not they, dying to be some, in camp. Yeah, sometimes they don't like it, too. Exactly. <laughs> and, uh, but, you know, he takes great care of himself. But, uh, you know, there's no rush. And when the time's right, you know, we'll make the deal. Maybe they want to sit out and say, is there an injury across the league? Maybe that pumps the value up or whatever it might be. There's a lot of strategy on both sides, our side, the agent side, the player side. Um, but it, this fit together perfectly. And, you know, Frank's familiarity with this is great. We talk a lot about Brian Burns' contract, as you you can imagine, but you know we we haven't heard much on Jeremy Chin's future. Is there anything there to update on what he has coming up, or any talks, or what's the any updates on, on his future? You know, the thing with contracts, we usually don't publicly talk about yeah. them. I, I think it's a big year for him, you know, and I think he's he's uh, going to be in a position where he can make plays, and that'll help his value. You know, his agent's actually you know really good friend of ours, um, but we'll see. This is just a huge year for him, and you know we. We always want to plan out, you know, two, three years, like where we can spend our money. That's where Samir's been great with this. Uh, but, yeah, they, I mean, we're definitely looking into all types of options. You've been down here at camp. Uh, obviously, it's a no-brainer statement. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. If well, not, well, I mean, well, you're in trouble. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> if you're skipping out on this, you, you, you're in trouble. Is that allowed um, to be said that the GM is at camp? Uh, he's here. Yeah. I just want everybody to know that. I want that daddy to know that. All right? Scott is here. Well, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> So you've oh, seen God. Jeremy and kind of the way he's being used, yeah. um, a lot of nickel stuff and stuff. Um, are you, is your feeling that this scheme might bring out more in him than maybe previous schemes have? Yeah, you know, uh, if you go back a couple of years, he was playing closer to the line of scrimmage, and I thought he was most effective up there. When I was first coming in, that's how I evaluated him. He was a run-and-hit guy, and he was kind of like that, that hybrid linebacker safety. Yeah. He's still that, and I think in this role this year, he'll be a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. He can do some matchup against bigger tight ends, pick up some running backs out of the backfield. He's just a unique athlete and a unique body type uh, for that position so i think i think we can maximize his value this year coach wright called wuvu a, a steal of the century at a couple of pressers that really ago. helps in negotiations <laughs> <laughs> thanks coach <Yeah. laughs> hey we, we liked it from our point of yeah. It sounded good. Enough. But, but is, is Deion Jones a guy that you view as another guy that could be a steal based off his past? I mean, he's had yeah. five or seven years over 100 tackles, as you're well aware. So two years ago, he had, he had a really strong year again, and he, he was consistent, consistently up in the you know mid-100s on tackles. And last year, he had a down year. And he came out and worked out for us the other day. And he looks like he's got the explosion back and the speed and everything else. So he's uh, 
that'll allow us to do some things with even Frankie and put him outside in some rush situations and blitz, blitz him off the edge. So just to have another quality inside backer, which we needed some depth in there, and uh, he can step up and play and start if he needed to. All right, I'm going to go into really annoying talk show host mode here because I know well, you, that's uh, yeah. Okay. I, uh, well, oh, I know. You going into it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I okay, well played. Well played. Yeah. Um, we call this Wednesday. You you had said, hey, we don't like talking about contracts, and I get that. But we, I have to ask. I'm curious. The Brian Burns thing, twofold. Mm-hmm. One is Jeremy Fowler of ESPN said it, that both sides aren't even close. Is that at all accurate? And number two is there seems to be a feeling in the media that his camp is not going to do anything until Nick Bosa signs, and then he kind of sees, okay, how far does he stretch his more? Yeah. How do you feel about those two? Are those two things coming from the media accurate or not really? You know, one thing in the media is never, they might have like pieces here, here, and here, but no one really knows behind the scenes. And one thing we don't do, like I just referenced earlier, is publicly talk about contracts. Just It doesn't benefit anyone. You know, uh, you never want to put the player in the middle of it or the agent, because you, know, you don't know what's being said on that side. We don't want to put too much out there. Um, I can tell you We'd love to get something done with Brian. Like he, he's a special, not only sp- special player, but a special person. Uh, he's really grown with his leadership role. He's taking, okay. you know, really taking care of his body. He's bigger this year. There, there's so much there. Um, you know, and and he's been a total pro through this. He's out here. He's working. He's he's working with the players. Uh, he's letting his agent do the the, the deal with us. And um, you know, I, I know from our side, we'd love to get something done. I went over two. He didn't answer yeah. to one of those. Yeah. Man, he's slippery. These GMs, man. Marty was the original. Original. Marty was the original slip, uh, slip and slide GM, where he'd slip right out of the yeah. questions into something else, yeah. and, and Scott's good too, man. Those are, those are things we don't talk about. We like to, we like I to protect get it, those. But those are the things we try to get you I, to talk. It's, a, it's a cat and mouse, and I lost. I don't know who loses yeah. now. That's, mouse, but that's I lost annoying, it. Mac. I'm chill bone over here with Scott Fitterer. Uh, yeah, you trusted him the whole time. Yeah, he, well, he, he should talk to you. <laughs> and just share closer to me. How pleased are you? Uh, with the wide receiver group that you've seen here in Spartanburg, it's been great. Uh, DJ Chark's really been uh, a nice addition. You know, a guy that's almost six four that runs four three, and you can see him vertically getting down the field. He makes a lot of plays vertically and over the shoulder, fading the ball. Um, Lavisca Chenault, we're going to do a lot of different things with him this year. Adam Thielen, I tell you what, uh, he's he had one of the top speeds early in the camp, so you can see his legs are back. He's healthy. He's been a total pro in there. Um, you know, Terrace Marshall's had a really nice camp. He's really come coming on, making plays. And so, it, like, and Mingo, you know, Mingo's been through OTAs and out here. He's been solid. So we kind of like our group. We, we may not have that one elite superstar out there. It's but, deep. But we it have is. a really solid group in Frank's offense where you're delivering the ball all over the place, high, you know, high, low, left, right, doesn't matter. We have the group that can do that, that's and they all have unique skill sets. Yeah, that's what it feels like to, to me. I'm glad to hear you say that. You guys yeah. think that, too. All right, somebody you will uh, – something you will happily talk about okay. is Bryce Young. Yeah. Uh, you will happily talk about that, Bryce Young. Everybody down here can't stop talking about their impressions of him. Is there something he has done in camp that even kind of surprised you or a story you heard? <laughs> or are you like, I studied this dude inside and out, and there's nothing that surprises me? You know, on the field, he's exactly what we thought he yeah. would be. He's smart, and everyone's going to talk about that. I think the two kind of cool things that he did is, one, he got in front of the team and sang and really kind of, like, owned the room and got into it. Yeah. And then, two, just the how humble he is. You know, I, I can tell the story now. He was out going to do his laundry one day, 
and he was, you know, three, four days in the camp, and he's looking to do just his own little laundry. And you would think, hey, listen, I, I'm going to ask someone to do my laundry for me. I got to go study. Yeah. Not, not him. He's such a cool guy. I don't think Max done his laundry in 25 years. <laughs> no, God, my wife wishes he was in the house instead yeah. of me. I just throw all my laundry in her, and she's like, you jerk. That he's that kid. He's. Yeah. I don't want to keep calling him a kid, man, because he and he acts like he's 45. I yeah. Mean, it, that's not normal, though, is it, for, no. for someone to come in and kind of be as mature, as humble as he is? And, and the players love it, too, because they yeah. see it. They see how genuine he is. And then they also see the work ethic and the fact that he's already just, like, devoured the playbook and took it all in, and, he, and he's working ahead. Um, you know, they know when they look at this guy, they have their leader. They have someone that can give him a chance. Andy Dalton behind him has been the same way. And Matt Corral has really been coming on, so... Wow. We we like our group. You can see the influence you know Josh McCown has had and Thomas and all of our staff developing these guys. Scott is uh, Dan Morgan around because uh, Mac usually hits him up for gear. He begs for gear. <laughs> uh, we have not seen Dan. Dan's hiding Dan from like, no He does not want me to ask gone. for shoes. Does that, he? It was the shoes, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, I got the hat. I begged the... for the hat and the shoes. Okay. I got the hat. The shoes I didn't get. I think he's hiding from me this year. <laughs> I don't think he wants to be asked again. You don't you know? want to see Dan. <laughs> he's a bad influence. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well, I can tell you guys are all excited, and, it, yeah. and I, you know the fans are too. Uh, we are so amped up, and can't wait to see what happens with practice today, man. Thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Great off season. I'm not doubting you again. All right, I'm not doubting you again. <laughs> I'll be more like Bone next time. I got, awesome. I, I got your back, appreciate Scott. It, I got your back on the show here. <laughs> Thank you, Scott. We appreciate Thanks you, man. So much, man. Be good. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Scott Fitter, GM of your Carolina Panthers, joining us here on the Mac and Bone Show. You tuned into Instant Replay. When the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.